We're just trying to change the world here, people. Oh, really? Welcome back to a really radio. This is the World on Fire segment for 167, recorded Friday, October 6th, 2017, where you dismantle the current events for your edutainment through mostly rational conversations that make you go, oh, really? I'm your Sandy Cowan, and I have my usual suspects with me. I've got Stephen Griffith, Daniel Atherton, and Amber Besecker. Welcome back, everybody. Okay, so, um, yeah, things are things are weird. Uh, actually, this isn't the World on Fire segment. This is more like the Trash Day segment, but it doesn't really matter because it's all just things that happened. So we'll just kind of mix and match. First, it can be the Trash on Fire segment. The Trash on Fire? Oh, I'm okay with this. Trash Fire. Dumpster Fire. Trash it's fire. the Dumpster Fire. It's not a tire fire. There we go. Yeah, no, no, we don't just have to watch it burn. We can maybe do something about it. But, hey, if we make mistakes as we're talking about it, go ahead and let us know about it. Go ahead and send us a note at reallyradiopodcast at gmail.com or phone it in at 470-222-6759. And, as always, thank you to the Patreon supporters out at www.patreon.com slash reallyradio. That would be Donald Davis, Melissa G., Henry, and Daniel Duncan from the Problem Addict Podcast. Thank you all for continuing to support this crazy endeavor of ours. Okay, so... Um, I mean, the good thing... Yeah. The good thing is we didn't start the fire. No, it's always been burning since right. the world's been since turning. Since the world's been turning. turning. <laughs> <laughs> you know what that is, kids? Uh, Look it up. Uh, that that reaches into my zenial heart. So, yep, yeah, so but, but yep. still, one of the best history classes you will ever find in college is <laughs> we didn't start the fire. That's a There's hit. actually collegiate really? courses that just teach you everything that is contained within that song. What? Over the course of one semester, yes. I wow. am incredulous at this. I do not believe you, sir. There's a lot of stuff Duke in that Duke University that did that. I don't know if they still do it, but they were doing it at the time I was looking at really? college. Yeah. I think maybe we have too many class options at, at some colleges. <laughs> that seems a little bit... Hey, we have... We... Wow. Here at UCF, we have the science of Star Trek and the science of superheroes. Really? I want to just yes. go audit those courses. I don't want to. I don't want to do anything. I just want to go. That'd be fun. Uh, on the the science of superheroes was a, it was only available for during summer, and the science of Star Trek was a spring only course. I just want to walk in and, and just sit there and and listen, which sometimes you can do. Of course, uh, with UCF parking is a bitch. Uh, oh. No, I audited a number of philosophy classes while I was there. That's good. Um, uh, this episode of uh, of me is brought to you by Founders Reserve <laughs> Porto, uh, the Sandemann Porto, twenty uh, percent alcohol by volume. I've drank uh, pretty much almost the entire bottle. I'm down to here now. There we go. So um, the most fortified part of the bottle. Yeah, the most fortified part. Uh, so if I start to slur my words. That's why. There you go. So, we're going to talk about Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico got hit by everything, pretty so much. much yes. So much. Uh, recently, Maria really kind of did him a did him a bad turn. Uh, of course, that's yeah. not to discount all the other damage to the Caribbean nations. Uh, Barbuda is no. empty. Nobody is yeah. on that island at all. Dominica, U.S. Virgin Islands. It's all bad. It's really bad news for 
both our our neighbors and our fellow human beings and also our fellow American citizens in Puerto Rico. Yeah. I'd like to remind everybody that they are a U.S. territory and they are American citizens, even if they tax paying citizens, tax paying citizens without the right to vote in major national elections. You know, like Guam, same deal. So U.S. territories are kind of a, a pain. And, of course, they were about to vote for being a state, to being the first 51st state. And now there's nothing left. And the Trump government is saying, well, you know, you're, you kind of threw our budget out of whack, he said. Not counting... All of your cabinet members taking plane rides at the taxpayer's expense. Well, some in particular took a lot more than they certainly should have been entitled to. Oh, there's more than the one that left. Well, yeah, but he was probably, please tell me, he was at least the worst offender. (laughs) No. Oh, oh, Andy. You sweet, naive schnitzel. offender. I, I, I try to think the best of people. I really do. That's your problem. That might Taking be my problem. military craft for his honeymoon. <sighs> to get laid? Yeah. Now, the Mile High Club in a military aircraft, that would be a special kind of place on that also being flown <laughs> to Fort Knox to view the eclipse. <laughs> really? Yes. Really? Wow. Yes. Oh, because nothing says oligarch like standing on a pile of gold while watching the, the sun eclipse. <laughs> you should just do what Trump did and just that's like a, his that's eyeballs what, look at it. But that's what a dragon does. But... but that's Moonshin what a historical looks, dragon does. I'm sorry. Shadow the dragons run. have more class. Munchen looks like a Saturday morning cartoon villain. <laughs> he does. Oh, oh wow. wow. I mean, okay. his entire cabinet might as well be Captain Planet villains. <laughs> so bad things have happened in Puerto Rico. Yes. Yeah. Let's get back on track there. Um, because obviously uh, bad things Stark are happening there all the time. trying to fix things. Yeah, like bad things happen in Puerto Rico, but now good things are possibly happening. It's the amazing how sometimes the darkest before the dawn kind of thing. Yeah, the two, in a way, greatest like, things are happening in the fact that the Germany has stepped up because our own country isn't going, hi, we'll help you rebuild everything. And let's talk about the Germans. They are industrious and know what the hell they're doing when it comes to this kind of stuff. The trains and will the run trails. on time. And then our wonderful, not Tony Stark, has gone, you know this whole solar power thing? That's a great idea. Here's several thousand power walls, and oh yeah, let's do electricity now. Well, well, no, 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 hang on, hang on. He is still a capitalist. He's not giving things away for free. Now, somebody on Twitter, a Scott Stapf, S-T-A-P-F, which would be Staff at Staff if you wish to follow the person, could Elon Musk go in and rebuild Puerto Rico's electricity system with independent solar and battery systems? Quoting an article with, you know, the devastation that has occurred. Elon Musk replies. Now, this is all Twitter, okay? So Twitter, be it for good or for ill, it does have its avenues here. So Elon Musk tweets, 
The Tesla team has done this for many smaller islands around the world, but there is no scalability limit, so it can be done for Puerto Rico too. Such a decision would be in the hands of the Puerto Rican government, PUC, any commercial stakeholders, and, most importantly, the people of Puerto Rico. And then, amazing things happen. The governor of Puerto Rico, Ricardo Rossello, replies on Twitter again, Elon Musk, let's talk. Do you want to show the world the power and scalability of your Tesla technologies? Puerto Rico could be that flagship project. Love it. So it's like, whoa, we got some buy-in here. We're Mm -hmm. seeing the future unfold in front of us. So out of devastation comes the possibility that a U.S. territory could go all solar. Completely renewable. It is off the grid already. It is its own grid. It would be a beautiful test bed. Yeah. And, and as Rosillo says, it, it show the world. Yeah. Because if he can do it, scalability to that size, that means most mid-sized U.S. cities can be yeah. powered the same way. Well, it's, And cities with both urban yeah. and rural populations. Well, as Elon said, there is no scalability limit. And he's already done the mathematics for it, and apparently there was, uh, I don't know, what was it, 100 square miles of, of Nevada that was used? And it's like, if we just had that, we could then have enough electricity generated by solar to power the United States. Period. End of story. Done. Then it's just a matter of being able to store that power so that we can also use it while we're at nighttime. So that's a lot of on a lot of batteries. It's a lot of battery. It's a lot of batteries. But he's already in the game of batteries. This man the, and... the biggest thing that I gotta say about Elon is that all of his plans mesh together with each other very well. They all have interconnection and they play off each other very well. Solar roofs, battery packs, electric cars, tunnel boring machines, colonization of Mars. The fact that I just had all those in the same sentence says an awful lot. Mm -hmm. So this could be a bright new beginning for Puerto Rico. So hope we got some hope there. So may it be done. Let's see what happens. Speaking of hope, let's see a part of my soul disappear. <laughs> you know, yeah. that's the most interesting segue you've done yet. That's really good. That's really good in a bad <laughs> way. Uh, as we've seen many parts of your soul shatter into little bits and pieces and just kind of flight off in the, in the fits of fancy. But here we have uh, the, the largest mass shooting in modern history in the United States, not counting the westward expansion of America in the first place. So we have uh, in Nevada, in Las Vegas, a shooter. I don't need to say his name because everyone already is going to know it by this point. Uh, took aim from the 32nd floor of the Mandalay uh, Bay. Mandalay Bay Resort onto a country music concert that was, uh, well, within range, we'll say. 
Uh, 400 yards about. No one really knows what his motivations were. He was an older man, white, retired, gambler. Video poker was his favorite. Math guy. Very serious. Very... He treated video poker, apparently, as a job. Mm-hmm. He went in and he played poker, and it was a serious thing. He was doing, like, $100 limit hands, like, 10 a he minute. He took a six-month gambling vacation. Yeah. He was making money gambling, okay? There were many reports of, of what was reported to the U.S. taxes, you know, in $10,000 increments. He was making more gambling than we are just by doing our jobs as a retiree. So mm-hmm. he had he had a particular mind. Not a mindset, but a particular mind. And we're still trying to everybody's still trying to ascertain why the hell he did it. But he had some motivation to buy several semi-automatic long-range weapons. Call them assault rifles, call them whatever you will. But they There's could about 43 of them, I think. Yeah, he didn't take all 43 up with him, but that's how many in total, I think, were found at his residence, which was also his girlfriend's residence. It's complicated. Between the hotel room and his residence. Yeah. 47. 47 in total. 23 in the hotel room, 24 in his home. So he had a bit of an arsenal. Uh, Mm -hmm. Apparently also the... Thousands of rounds of ammunition. Apparently also the... uh, Because he was a gambler the room at the Mandalay Bay was actually comped to him. <laughs> oh, wow. It's because, not funny, but it's funny. Because he was a known high-stakes player. This is just mm-hmm. procedure. They knew him. This was not the first time. Yeah. It wasn't so of his course. first time coming to the hotel. Right. He, regular player. Mm-hmm. However... So, he was only known for the very particular rooms that he went to, the high-stakes video poker room. He was not widely known anywhere else in the hotel. But in those high-stakes video poker rooms, they have their own lavatories. They have their own bar. Once you're in there, you never have to leave. So it was a very secluded kind of place. Some place where somebody can do their business, and that's what he was doing. So in this particular case, he was seen earlier that weekend doing his business. And then eventually he was up in his room and he shot, what was it, 58 people dead? 59, I want to say, but I could be wrong. Slightly under 60 people dead. Over 500 touch on some things? Because one of the most frustrating things I've seen going around are these goddamn conspiracy theories and in particular one meme where it's a picture of the shooter and it's like well you're telling me that this guy could get you know this many rifles up to his hotel room with no training set up a sniper's nest and i'm like listen absolutely (laughs) how did he get that many weapons into his room with a luggage cart and 10 suitcases over three days that's how he did it. When yeah. was the last time hotel security went through your bags before you checked in? Never, and the day after, never. Never, never, well, never. Also, more never. importantly, if he's a known person who's getting comped by the hotel. Exactly. No, they're going to be like, what? 
He, Good to see you, sir. Go ahead. Here, your room's already prepared. Yeah. Do you need he me to help He was a VIP. That? He was yeah. spending yeah. money in the hotel. And, and he like, was well, somebody they he... wanted to keep in the hotel. Yeah. How did he fire off that many rounds without training? By spraying and praying. It doesn't take training to pull a trigger with something that you've got a bump stock on to make it basically fully automatic. Now, that's well, something, that's something that you've added. Minimum... Huh? That, that's something that you've added that we want to talk about. Bump, bump stocks. Stock, yeah. Now, bump stocks, yeah. you're not going to find them uh, available right now because, of course, any They're talk so about cool. something being made illegal immediately makes them sell out because people are weird in that way. That's something that might be made illegal. Obviously, we have to buy it right now. Mm. You have to have it. This essentially increases the rate of fire of a semi-automatic compatible weapon. It is a stock that makes it so that it uses the recoil of the weapon to fire the weapon faster. Instead of your 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 finger being the point of actuation on the trigger, you just have to have trigger discipline and use the finger as a bounce point. Yeah. Where the rifle will slide using the recoil and bounce off your finger to hit the trigger and pull it. Apparently it takes a little bit of practice to get used to it, but once you're there, then you have an equivalent fire rate of a fully automatic weapon. I've seen and, like, and we've seen video of, of I, I think it's the same video I saw you saw, Steve. Yeah, the woman with the hundred rounds uh, magazine. Yeah. Uh, also, I've seen one with a guy with multiple 30 round magazines where they were able to control their rate of fire. Um, f- first going off with a 10 round burst uh, then a three-round burst, and then the rest of the clip. All with bump bump stock enabled. All with a bump stock. So it doesn't take much for somebody to learn the trigger discipline with mm-hmm. some practice. This man had 12 bump stocks installed amongst the firearms found in the room. Go ahead, Ember. Well, the, other, the other thing that gets me is that this kind of speaks, or it should speak, to us about how we are such a like a, a gun toting culture, but so many of us have no fucking clue how a gun works. Because oh, yeah. this was not a sniper's nest. No. This no. was this this required no skill whatsoever. This was not some feat of extraordinary, you know, whatever. He was not aiming. He was spraying bullets for 11 minutes on near full auto into a crowd of people that had no idea where the fire was coming from. Yeah. This is this is not something that took any amount of prowess really. There was no significant target. It was everybody. A massed crowd. It he was air, it was been... area effect fire. Yeah, he would have exactly. had to have been slightly braced just to be able to maintain fire discipline on the crowd rather than spraying surrounding buildings. But that's basic knowledge. He had an unobstructed view of the area where he was shooting. And yeah. a high position, which we have seen before, allows the shooter to choose targets and make things easier. Mm-hmm. I mean, we have the, the entire reason SWAT teams exist is because some guy 
went to what outside of a college campus in Texas went up to a bell tower and started firing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is the reason we have SWAT because beforehand no one had thought about doing that. And we didn't and have considering the, the rate of fire to deal with it. Considering yeah. the rate of fire, Amber. Yeah. And the mass of the crowd, like easily, it, it, it's not unreasonable. 50 to 70% of those bullets hit something. Yeah. It's That's a, not unreasonable. It's a mass of people in a contained area. Fish in a There's, barrel comes to mind. It, it, you have security when you're doing a concert. Okay? You are supposed to be able to maintain control of a crowd. The, uh, the old things come into play here. The old arguments for how to unleash warfare. You maintain the high ground. Yeah. Air superiority. What happened was, as soon as the fire started to come down, people dropped. Yep. Right where they were, they dropped to the ground. Mm-hmm. If you're coming from above... All that does is make you a stationary target. And more, because now you're flat on the ground. It's easier to hit you. Right. So, unfortunately, everything that we've learned about typical scenarios where there's a shooter is it's two-dimensional thinking, not three-dimensional thinking. Yep. You're not thinking they're above you. They're thinking You're thinking that they're on the same plane. So if I get smaller, then I'm going to be less of a target. Yeah. And, that did and not I mean, work this time. That also gets into, you know, a lot of people are saying, well, what about the fourth floor? What about, you know, people were saying that bullets were coming from multiple. Okay, it was chaos. It was absolutely chaos. They were hearing echoes. Yeah. You know, they were, they could have been seeing the strobing lights from the alarms going off because this meme talks about how he disarmed the alarms. No, he fucking didn't. The alarms were what notified the police as to what floor he was on. Yep. Like, it's it's flat-out lies. Um, you know, they're like, well, how would he have removed 800-pound hurricane glass with a fucking hammer? That's how he did it. He busted out two of the windows. All you like, do is shoot it once. This oh, is not fucking rocket science. You don't even need to really shoot it. I mean... No, it's safety glass. Uh, it's going to fracture. Uh, if he has one of those car tools... Yeah. Mm-hmm. Pop. You just punch it. it yeah. Available on a QVC for one easy well, he, payment of twenty nine ninety five. You can find them at any <laughs> automotive store. Yeah. He literally did it with a hammer. Like they found the hammers in his room. That's how he literally did it, which is why it makes me so angry. Is I'm like, you've obviously not read any of the details of this before yeah. you go spouting off. But people, I think they underestimate the element of chaos and pandemonium. It's sure, I am. I am certain a lot of these people who were on the ground really, truly believed at one point that there were bullets coming from multiple angles mm-hmm. and that there were multiple shooters. Because what they were perceiving so at the great. time... So often, yeah. So, given so the much echoes, fire. Yeah, also, get, the, the ricocheting off the ground or off yes. of anything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was, your senses cannot be trusted. No, it was complete pandemonium. Mm-hmm. And, you know... That's what gives way to a lot of these conspiracy theories is that when you listen to eyewitness testimony, you know, we know 
from studies that eyewitness testimony is not terribly reliable in the best no. cases. Yeah. Uh, having a father who worked in law enforcement, no, eyewitness testimony is reliable maybe 30 30- when you are in a huge area where there's, you know, thousands panic. of people and panic when they're all panicking, when your shooter is 400 yards away from you and you can't really see where the fire is coming from, mm-hmm. when the fire is initially mistaken as pyrotechnics or as fireworks going off, like all of these factors end up creating this state of confusion and they open the way for these conspiracies these fucking conspiracies that really should go away once we start bringing in facts and the fact that this goddamn meme is circulating just tells me uh, among other things the main thing it tells me is that we are a gun obsessed society who has no idea how guns work the the idea of guns is what we're obsessed with not the guns itself even yes The, the tactics of this though you know for anyone who's paid attention to it is as horrible as it is, it shows the you know effectiveness. Let's be honest, what it is effectiveness oh, yeah. of sudden shocking and overwhelming violence. Just it's not just one person drop everything else, but sudden just bullets flying everywhere and bodies dropping and people panic or freeze. Well, it's a completely unexpected situation. You don't expect yeah. to be enjoying a concert, you know, whatever it is. I don't care if it's country music. I don't care what it is. You're enjoying you're an event. You're at a concert. You're, in, yeah. you're at an event. You don't expect to suddenly have bullets raining down on you because no. we're America. That's hey, not, part of the problem. you know, we're not Serbia. You know, th- this, we, that's not something that we automatically think is going to happen. That we We're, we're not on of. the West Bank. We're right. not used to RPGs being, like, yeah. flying through the air. It's not a but thing that we deal with on a day-to-day basis. Addressing Amber's point about the obsession America has with guns, that's entirely true. A, a movie that I absolutely love while ago called Reclaiming the Blade, which came out while ago, was about, like, essentially blade culture throughout history and, you know, the mysticism surrounding swords and such. And it's the mm-hmm. idea of, why did, it, why did it never happen in America? Because every other country, Europe, Japan... China, all these other countries all have their history. Like It was founded and forged with a sword, and, and the war is fought with that. America was claimed and conquered by the gun, and that's why we have that mm-hmm. obsession with that. Yeah, in short, it, yeah, it's a good shorthand for that. We don't have the knight. We have the gunslinger of the Old West. Yeah, we got, ca- we've got cowboys. Hero. Yeah, we got cowboys and Indians, both projectile weapons, amazingly enough. Well, and, and the occasional and tomahawk. The scary thing? Uh, I mean, it's all a scary yeah, thing. It's like the only thing? The only but scary to thing? but to uh, for me for me it's the most scary thing because it's the root of the problem. What gun laws on the books could have prevented this? None. Zero. No. He had no criminal background. Mm-hmm. Nope. He acquired, no criminal background. He acquired uh, every gun legally. The yep. bump stock is a legal item. Is a yes, legal it's modification. A gun part. Yeah. Yep. He it's had over. It does not he change over... a weapon from semi-automatic to fully automatic. It is still a semi-automatic weapon, but with a modification. Yes. So and it's people are making still there. They're making a big deal out of the fact that he had over a hundred thousand dollars worth of weapons. Um, every dealer and serious collector at a gun show has that many or more. Yeah, that's this is oh, not yeah. unusual. Average, average, maybe. You no. purchase them over a period of time. Mm-hmm. from multiple vendors. 
you wait three months between purchases and you're purchasing four four guns per vendor. Guns are expensive. There's no no two ways about it. A quality firearm, which is what you want, whether you be a collector, a enthusiast, or a serial killer, you want a quality firearm. So they're all going to be expensive. But he had no criminal record. He passed no. every background check. He waited the, the prescribed amount of time. This was also a very methodical man. Mm-hmm. Well, going we on... still don't know what his motivations were. No, but he 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 is unlike a lot of the the common profile for a shooter in his age. That's true. He is older. yeah. That's what everybody is sticking on is the sixty four years. He's just well. It is it is a, a sticking point because most people who perform terrorism and this was a terrorist act are usually twenty to forty. Yeah, I mean, it's unusual. Yeah. But, I mean, the way that people are snagging on it is is, is like, well, it couldn't have been because he was older. And I'm like, listen. Okay, well, that's <laughs> fine. Then the other terrorists, it wasn't because they were younger. They had other motivations, too. That's yeah. no, it's just fine and he, all. He, he, he's slightly outside of the profile. Yeah. And, and that's it. It's not a place to stick. Let, let's let's focus on the facts and the reality here. We can right. the, the the investigators are going to try and find the answer as to why we may never get that. No, we might not because uh, he he did not leave a note. He did not no. call the police to say here's why I'm doing this. I have X demands. Blah 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 blah. No, he yeah. just shot himself after he was done. That's all. No, we may we na- never have answers for this. His family but has what, no idea. You know, it's it's a complete yeah. mystery. But what we can do is try and make it so this doesn't happen again. And you can't. You also cannot necessarily assume that he bought all of those guns with this in mind. No, correct. Assumptions like that are dangerous. So you can't, because a lot of, well, a lot of people are are jumping to the conclusion of, and this is where they get into the conspiracy theorist territory of, well, if he's been buying these guns for months or whatever it may be, you know, he would have had to plan this for months. So there would have been a much stronger, much stronger evidence of motivation or whatever. Well, you can't necessarily assume that's why he was buying the guns. guns. It's Nevada. You've got, you've got wide open spaces and plenty of gun clubs. I don't. It, I don't recall any uh, any notes of him visiting gun clubs. I'm just saying, at Nevada in general sure. mm-hmm. is but, a gun friendly state. It is. Yeah. Oh, extremely. It's and people have fun with guns. I mean, one of the people who actually owns a minigun lives out in Nevada. Yeah, well, it's the it's legal ones that you can own, and that's and that's the reason to have a. A weapon that fires at a rate of a fully automatic weapon is for fun. You don't use it for hunting because that's stupid. Well, you yeah, just like, use it for 
you don't use it for home defense because you're not going right. to wreck up your place like that. Right. Well, yeah, it's yeah. only it's for It's the fun. same thing I've heard from like people, hunters in Australia, England, etc., etc. It's the the only people who use semi-automatic weapons for hunting are poor hunters. Yeah. And fully yeah. automatics, there is no point. Yeah. Um, so, no, it, it, it actually comes to... You tear up the meat. Jumping, yeah. jumping ahead to a regulation point that came across my mind, and I'm going, can anyone justify to me why a civilian needs a weapon with a magazine that has contains more than five bullets? You know what they say. Uh, no, I want to hear justification. Why do you need more than five? This is. Wait, I wait, could wait. get Here, somebody on next week. Probably, say. If here's what they're to going about. to say because I've literally heard this. Okay, they're going to say, "Well, what if the government comes for us?" Which is hilarious because if the government comes for you, buddy, you're, you're not going to stop them. They're, if they wanted to do it, they would have done it. They have like, drones. You, you and your assault rifles. You, you know, if the government's really going to come for you, in that case, it's going to be like I've seen a, a beautiful meme for several uh, of the more war-centered video games that I enjoy playing. It's the, oh, look, the shooter's in that house. Response, what house? Yeah. Is, there's these things called drones? Problem yeah. solved. Yeah, you're not going to see the Predator drone. Coming for people. you? If you are already a clear and present danger, and they have no interest in apprehending you... Arizona police has been known to use drones. Typically for surveillance. But these are the same drones that are operated overseas that have weapons payloads. Mm-hmm. No, it's, There's nothing that prevents them from using them except restraint on American citizens. Uh, it get- so that 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 argument does not hold hold water. We detonated C four on a shooter. Yep, yeah. I remember that. Uh, that was over freaking kill. We so, have no room to talk about restraint in yeah. this country by law enforcement. So, I I want to know why you need more than five rounds for home and defense. Eight. For, for home defense, Ow. for hunting, for anything, as a civilian. Yeah. I wonder if my Why friend... do you need more than five rounds? I truly put my thoughts into this. I mean, I, Dan saw me. I, I was steam coming out, trying to get the gears working to see, really, in every situation that I could come up with, what in a standard, not the government's coming for me, situation, what would I need more than five rounds for? And for any special home defense situation, I had no answer. Because if I have a gun for home defense, it's a shotgun. If I need to fire that thing more than five times, something's gone <laughs> horribly wrong. Yeah, and for hunting, True. you should only need one shot. Well, for hunting, I'll say, no, five is fine, because the first one might wound. Yeah, when, but... Everything else, but you want that second one to follow up. Okay, so I'll you give still, you five. Standard five you got round, five, like a... Five shots. A, a Remington 700, 30-06, I believe is a five-round bolt action. I love that gun, I've used it, and no, it's perfectly good for hunting. But also, for shotgun, shooting skeet. Yeah. You can, you can do five quick, and then you can take the time to reload. 
you you have to take into consideration that I mean, and it's not just the idiots who walk around Walmart with AKs. This is what I'm about to say is embedded really deeply into the mindset of a lot of people in our culture. A lot of people fancy themselves Jason Bourne, and when <laughs> yeah. they want these mag, if they when they want more than five shots, that's because they're imagining that they're going to be in this situation where some, you know, ambiguously Eastern European terrorists take over the mall and they have to defend their family or, you know, ISIS comes to Walmart or something like these are that's literally the place where their minds go. And so they're imagining these situations and these scenarios where they're going to have to, you know, be like I said, pulling a Jason Bourne or pulling, you know, a, a fucking, you know, diehard bullshit. And I actually have an answer for them. And it comes courtesy of one of the survivors from the shooting uh, guitarist for Jason Aldean, uh, who was a strong second amendment supporter who goes, I was wrong. I was terribly, horribly wrong. Again, along those same lines, I've seen the memes come out about, you know, oh, if only the people in the crowd had guns, they would have been able to (laughs) sit down a bad guy going, two things. One, this is Nevada, and it's a country music concert. You don't think people weren't caring? Be smart. Well, they wouldn't wouldn't be allowed in the concert because that's a private venue and typically firearms are not allowed within the reins of those those venues. But the main key thing, my point I brought up about this meme was point two, which was the, yes, just what you needed when nobody could tell where the gunfire was coming from is everybody whipping out guns and just spraying every building in the area with withering fire. Yeah. That's what we instead need. Of, instead of 60, we would have had 600 deaths, most of them people who were not even close to being involved. It would have been friendly fire. Yeah. Which Constant. Is- and, <laughs> and the police have no way of knowing who is the shooter. Who do we need to engage? Yeah, how about that? Who a good guy with a gun that? looks exactly like a bad guy with a gun. Yes. It, 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 it's Again, the, most of these ideas from these Second Amendment people, as Trump likes to say they are, uh, these Second Amendment people, when confronted with logic, don't hold water. Well, along those lines, there also is, let's be honest here, with some of the videos I've seen, including some people being a bit foolish in testing this, uh, there is a fair amount of racism involved here, especially when it comes to open carry laws and such. Oh, yeah. I've seen a specific video of these two guys. They go, okay, here's what we're going to do. White guy with an AR-15 strapped across his back, barrel pointed down, you know, hands nowhere near, walking down the street. A single cop car with a single officer pulls up. They have a conversation. Okay, you know, pat the shoulder. Just be careful. You know, people are weird. Go along the way. They decide, like, a few days later, a week later, do the same test with a black kid with the same gun. And, like, 15 Mm -hmm. cop cars show up. He's ordered down. Guns are drawn. Same thing, just, oh, look, change the skin color. Typical profiling, yeah. Yeah. Well, look at the shooting death of John Crawford III. He was, you know, 22 years old, murdered by police in a Walmart because he was holding a toy BB gun and on on his cell phone. And the police came in, did not 
they came up an aisle where he they wouldn't be he wouldn't be able to see them. Didn't announce themselves. Didn't even say put it didn't down. Call procedure. Nothing. Pulled out the gun, shot him, and killed him. Yeah. Well, they felt they didn't fall in procedure. They felt and threatened. The police issue is another ball of wax, which we could probably do an entire series of twenty episodes and get somewhat close to the, the, qu- to the an answer. About, the quick thing about that that I will say is I've seen the a policeman who was a former soldier in Afghanistan who got fired because he would not shoot somebody because he was trained under military articles of engagement, which are for some reason more strict than most police agencies, rules of engagement. You, you, you have to identify yourself. You, I don't care if the person has a gun. Are they pointing at you and actually trying to kill you? No, you're not allowed to shoot them. That's military engagement. And yeah. that's more strict. War zone engagement is more strict than what a cop is allowed yes. to do. There are rules of engagement in war. Yeah. Here, domestically, not so much. No. And we do not have a, a standardized, a, a truly standardized, uh, s- standard operating procedure for law enforcement in this country. That's that's true. Be, well, that's because each individual organization handles their own internal training, their own internal metrics. Everything is... Yeah, but we don't have a baseline, which is, I think, an issue. Oh, easily. Easily that's an issue. But it also means that there's no universal reporting on anything either. Which is also an issue. Um, But they also like it that way. And they shouldn't like it that way. Uh, Data is is your friend when it comes to law enforcement. Uh, Forewarned is forearmed. Um, and actually having, you know, standards means also when one guy leaves and goes to a, a, another, moves to another place and applies for law enforcement, if they already have the experience, you know that they have at least a similar baseline experience. You can, you can trust a specific level of competence. We do this for kids. When it comes to their schooling, why can't we do it for law enforcement? Um, on the quick note, coming down to what can we really do about this or what will be done? Sadly, given the fact that Sandy Hook wasn't enough to get real good gun legislation in there, you know, the murder of kids. Um, in truth, I don't think much substantively is going to be done. Now, the funny part about this is – and. A recent segment on The Daily Show brought this up to a beautiful standard and conclusion. Um, most people don't remember that the Mulford Act was passed back in, I believe it was, 1967 in California, mm-hmm. which was actually one of the more sweeping gun control legislations that ever occurred. And at that time, California was pretty liberal when it came to you know, guns and, and holding around. People don't realize, what was it that made them pass this act? Uh, it was the Black Panthers patrolling Oakland, with, and they were armed with shotguns and such. Mm-hmm. So the beautiful thing The Daily Show, this correspondent had, which is simply, he, say, he said, now, quote, NFL players, instead of taking a knee, stand during the national anthem above your head and hold an AR-15. We oh, will have geez. new gun control registration by halftime. Because what, wrong. what does it all is not the whole, 
oh, look, look at the people dying, also, also sad, everything else. I want every single black man between the age of 18 and 45 to buy every single gun they can get their hands on. Why? Because as soon as that starts coming out, they will pass legislation in a heartbeat. Yeah. Um, you, I will use that racism to make stuff happen. To, to oh. piggyback off that, just, just as a note, uh, we don't have to get into it, but just as a note, uh, look at what the FBI did to the KKK versus the Black Panthers. Mm-hmm. They dismantled the shit out of the Black Panthers. KKK is still going strong. Look yep. what the FBI is doing right now with Nazis reemerging. They're labeling groups like Black Lives Matter, not not them specifically, but like them, as terror groups. Yep. That just came out today. Yep. Well, when you have a racist house elf as the head of the Department of Justice... I'm not surprised. I mean, does it mean I can give him a sock and he'll go away? No. <laughs> do, do you want that free? No. Oh, my gosh. Oh, That's hilarious, you made though. Me snort. That's fantastic. Okay. <laughs> but but uh, seriously, the, the, the FBI characterizes black identity extremists, quote-unquote, as domestic terrorists. But, you know, not the Nazis. Not or, white identity extremists. No. No, not white supremacists. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um... I'm actually working on getting somebody in that actually does self-defense training in nice. Texas. Um, they're um, <laughs> they're working through a margarita uh, right now, <laughs> so they're they're a little bit uh, a little bit lit. Um, Excellent, even better. Uh, yeah, it's like let me, let me see if they're they'd be interested in uh, in getting in. That's what we call well, perfect timing. Uh, just to to give some comparison to just how screwed up things are here. Um, how the U.S. compares with the highest rates of gun deaths in East, Southeast, and South Asia, the Philippines, the Philippines. which is a, a is having a drug war with vigilante death squads. This Brazil is no. Export of their death squads. <laughs> That's always pleasant, I think. There's, I remember that crap during the eighties and nineties. There's Thai, there, there's the Philippines, which is at number one. There's Thailand, and then there's the United States. And this is for last year's numbers. Wow, last year's. Um, compared to violent gun deaths in North Africa and the Middle East. There is Iraq and then us. Wait, repeat that? How the U.S. compares with the highest rates of violent gun deaths in North Africa and the Middle East. There is Iraq yeah, and then there's the United States. As in the highest. Yes. As in the we highest. have the most. Yes. Yeah. Iraq has... More. These are numbers from 2016. There's Iraq... And then us, and it's violent gun deaths per hundred thousand people. Wow. Okay, per hundred thousand people, violent gun deaths. Yeah, this this is all in the show notes, folks. I, I've got this from NPR. They have wonderful graphs. Um, <sighs> that's right. We had show notes. We've we've gone so far afield of those. Let me get back to those. 
No, no, well, we're actually technically still in the show notes. Are we still? We're uh, still in the show notes. <laughs> yeah. Well done, um, people. Well it's done. It's a very okay. large box for this section. It is a big and, box. Yeah. Like to compare just how screwed up we are. Yeah. Let's talk about Australia. Okay, Australia has compulsory voting. They had one serious gun shoot, gun mass shooting, and then the they, Port Arthur massacre. The Port Arthur massacre, and then they instituted sweeping gun controls across the entire country. Yes. So, and what happened with that? What what kind of gun controls did they put into place? Well, I, I just want to to. To give this is recent news. This was uh, published on the fifth. All right. Australians turned in fifty-one thousand illegal firearms, ranging from nineteenth-century weapons to a rocket launcher, during the three-month amnesty that ended on Friday, and which Prime Minister Malcolm Turnbull said had helped avert a Las Vegas-style mass shooting. The cash representing about a fifth of illegal firearms, this is for the entire country, Australia, which is also a continent, uh, a fifth of what they, they, they are thinking of total illegal firearms was turned in. 51,000. A fifth? Yes. 51,000 firearms. Yes, were collected during their second amnesty. Um, And there has not been a mass shooting since the conservative government banned all semi-automatic rifles. Wait, wait. I'm sorry. Did you say the conservative government? Yes. Yes. The conservative government banned all semi-automatic rifles, semi-automatic shotguns, the year of of the massacre. Also, they introduced tougher background checks on gun purchases. I want to point out a caveat, though. Okay. That's not technically true. In 2014, there was a mass shooting um, by Geoff Hunt. However... This is only by amount of people killed. He killed his wife and three children before turning the gun on himself. So five. Five in total. It counts as a mass shooting. And so does the Sydney siege. But most people in that siege were killed by the cops when they started firing into the building. Mm-hmm. So uh. in my in my Google, all I have to do is type in Australia. The mm-hmm. first five that come in, Big Mac Price, <laughs> Australian Shepherd, Australia Gun Laws, Australia Time, and Australian mm-hmm. Kettle Dog. Now, I am, a big three. Fan, I am a big fan of the Australian Shepherd and the Australian Kettle Dog, which are essentially the same thing. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, Australia <laughs> Gun Laws are... Um, or what we're looking at here. So this is obviously a big topic that is being searched out right now. I really haven't done a whole lot of search, so this isn't something that's skewed right now based on my mm-hmm. profile or something. Um, but yeah, there's there's an awful lot there. Factcheck.org, the first thing, gun control in Australia, updated by factcheck.org two days ago. Uh, so apparently this was updated from 2009. 
Uh, in 2009, we wrote an Ask Fact Check item for readers who wanted to know, did gun control in Australia lead to more murderers there last year? The answer at the time was no. And that's still the case. Yes. So, oh, look, fake news. No, the gun control laws did not mean more murders. Correct. And just think about how how different a mass shooting in Australia, is, even with the, the examples that I listed, the, the Sydney siege and the Hunt family murders. Five. Yeah. We're talking about five people in the Hunt family murders, which is really, it is a mass shooting, but really it's family annihilation. And you're talking about uh, during the Sydney siege, um, there were three killed and four injured. Um, Now, part of their their gun reforms, their gun laws, uh, on top of the rapid, what they refer to as rapid fire guns which is semi-auto guns. They have a national licensing system that requires both gun sellers and buyers to register. Mm-hmm. They must specify reasons, such as a gun club membership, for why they need the weapon in question for each and every purchase. So funsies isn't the, isn't the re- good enough reason? Yeah, funsies <laughs> is a reason. Be a funsies, part of a gun club. you are part of a gun Club. Oh, okay, okay. So as long as I'm as I'm funsizing along with funsizing along with other people, yeah. As long as I'm yeah, doing that in a responsible fashion, like oh. in in Europe, a lot of people are member of gun clubs. The guns are kept on premises of the club and locked, locked and kept separate yeah. from the ammo. Yes. Oh, all those things? Oh, that's nothing, right? Hmm. So if you want to go and fire your firearm, you go to the club. Go do the thing or, with the thing and the fire. You, 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 you've already paid for your membership. And one of the benefits uh, I know over in, was it Sweden? In Sweden is they help you fill out all the forms for purchasing and having your firearm. Was it Sweden or was it Switzerland? I, I can't remember. But one it was of them an is, S country. <laughs> uh, it, it was one of them that, that, that helped you with with everything. That was part of what you were buying when you were buying into the gun club. Um, I imagine most gun clubs would at least help you through the paperwork. That seems like something yeah. that they would do. You know, just like what the NRA would do if the NRA was a national was a uh, rational organization, or have NRA sponsored national gun clubs. There was a there's a <laughs> there's a meme. Well, it's not really a meme. It's somebody uh, tweeted. Can I get two boxes of Sudafed? Sorry, by law you can only buy one at a time. Okay, then just the one box of Sudafed and these seven guns. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, the, wow. The, the other thing. The yeah. other thing, I, I mean, there's tons of stuff that is more heavily regulated than firearms. Yeah. Um, like the cars. uterus, for example. Yeah, you, the, yeah the uterus. The female body. The female body. Um, In this country, anyway. No having fun with dog. that thing. No, no, no. You're not allowed to have fun with that thing. Therefore, you know, anything that can be uh, construed as... Uh, fostering promiscuity. No, no, no. We can't allow any of that. 
Like, oh, you're have... not even allowed to uh, survive a catastrophic pregnancy. So, like, uh, if only, if only you had to go through what women go through for an abortion in order to purchase a gun. But Amber, yeah. clearly, you're merely a vessel for the next generation. I mean, clearly. I know I'm an incubator, and, and I should be proud. Right, it is a noble calling. Absolutely. I mean, seriously, know your place, right? Right? No. I will set fire to this whole place. <laughs> As you should. Um, oh, number one answer. Scented hell we occupy. Ding. Number one answer. But. No, it guns are a joke. We are the only first world nation that they may has be, this problem. They may be a joke, but they're far from a laughing matter. No, it, it, this is the worst kind of joke. Yeah. And people are, uh, okay, putting even the deaths aside... The victims who live are facing immense medical costs. That's very true. Yeah. Physical and otherwise. Okay. Yes. So I've had about as much as I can stand of that uh-huh. as this is empty now. So I need to do something else. So moving right along. Okay. Um, uh, my friend and uh, and a longtime uh, associate from back in high school, uh, Mr. Joyner, who has done personal firearm safety and has been in the military as a Marine, has been kind enough, though it may be under the influence of a margarita or two or three or I don't know how many. He has said that he would be willing to be on the show. And I have had discussions with him previously on, you know, brief conversations because they weren't really going anywhere, um, on firearm safety and what he would do in his own home and things like that and what he trains other people. And he has he has acquiesced, at least, to being on the show next Friday. So we, All will, right. we will have him here, hopefully, and we'll, we'll make that happen. So if you have any questions, comments, concerns... For someone that is a professional firearms safety trainer and a gun advocate, a homeowner gun advocate for home safety and former Marine, so oorah and all that, let me know. O'Reilly Radio Podcast at gmail.com. You know, let me, let me know what you'd like to ask him. Uh, that way I'll, I'll give him at least fair enough warning. You know, I did try to get him on in the middle of what we were talking about. He said, nah, man. <laughs> That's or, or call or text at 470-222-6759. That's right. Yep. O-R-L-Y. Um, so there's that. You know, I, I tried. I tried to get him in. We're both drunk. Everything's fine. But no. Uh, Got to respect those boundaries, and I definitely respect him for saying, "Nah, I'm not gonna do it right now." Let's do it next week. Maybe yeah. next week, yeah. So we'll we'll see how that works out. I hope everything works out uh, just fine, and we'll have somebody that I can actually call an expert on to discuss this. And we're not going to berate him. We're not going to nope. call him a Nazi or anything like that. 
it's none of the fascist crap or any anything like that. No, this is something that he believes strongly in. It is a Second Amendment issue. It is perfectly legal that he does all these things. We just want to know what his opinions are on gun safety and how to do this properly and, and what he teaches other people. I think I, I have tons of questions to, to hearing what he says. I've hoped I'll have a number of questions too. Yeah. So I, I think, I think we have some, some good things. We're not going to beat them up because that's not what we do. We're going to have a conversation and that's the most important thing. So he's my friend and I wish to keep him as a friend afterwards. So we'll see how that wall works out. Right. Right. Good. Okay. So did we, uh, did we hit everything that we wanted to, to talk about in Las Vegas that we can stomach tonight? Yeah. Yeah. I, I I need to go on to other terrible topics. Okay. Yeah. And and for that, we will give you a reprieve and a respite so you can maybe listen to another podcast. So here's the end credits. There we go. So you can do uh, you if you've enjoyed somehow <laughs> what we've done this evening. Find it valuable in any way, shape, or form. There's a few ways that you could help us out if you are so inclined. You can donate to the show through www.patreon.com slash radio. Get early access to show content or anything that I can possibly do for you within my limited time frame. I'm just going to be honest. It's not happening really often. I'm sorry. But I'll try to give you everything that I can. Some of it might happen like a, a month after. I'm, I'm, I'm really bad about this. I'm sorry. But, you know, if there were more of you, I'd be more inclined to do it. I mean, this is true. There's, there's a point of pressure that you can peer... The numbers factor. You can peer pressure me into doing more for this by simply contributing to the Patreon. You don't you have to contribute bought. a lot. I can be bought. I have a price. It's out there. Anyway, you can also make the algorithm work for us by uh, reviewing us on iTunes, Stitcher, Spreaker, anywhere that happens to have a um, an avenue for reviews. They're kind of hit and miss. So if you find something, do the review, then let us know about it, because otherwise we're not going to know, because they never give us any feedback. They're terrible about that. Anyway, also... The number one thing, use your words. Tell somebody about the show that you that you found it valuable in some way that you ought that hey, you ought to listen to this. They said something interesting. And then of course, engage with us directly. Send us a message at the social medias or the electronic mails at a really radio podcast at gmail.com or the more if you're the more talkative sort. And I know you all are, of course, except for the mutes out there. You can give us a call at 470. 470- Two 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 O R L Y six seven five nine. It's always ready to take your call or your text. And if you don't like what we've done here this evening, you can contact the National Suicide Prevention Hotline at one eight hundred two seven three eight two five five. Available twenty four hours a day, seven days a week. The Lifeline provides free and confidential support for people in distress, prevention and crisis resources for you or your loved ones, and best practices for professionals. Thank you for choosing to waste your valuable time on us. This has been a really radio part of the Random Acts Company. This work is licensed under Creative Commons Attribution 3.0, United States license, including the music Rocket and Pemgia, created by Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com. That's I-N-C-O-M-P-E-T-C-H dot com. Because I'm not really sure how to pronounce that. I've been pronouncing it in Compitech or in Comptech this whole time. Hopefully, I did it right. We'll see you soon. Thanks. <laughs>